This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. swift to hear what God has to say. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. And that saved me so much trouble, trust me. Because let me tell you, I was one that, hey, I'll go through a crash into the wall and said, I should have stopped. Should have, could have, would have. But I've learned, and God has put placed a lot of stop signs in my life. And I, by, by His grace, and it helped me. It helped me with relationship, it helped me with the ministry, it helps me with so much. Have you ever known someone that was a hothead? It feels like the smallest inconvenience will set them off into a rage. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches about how God teaches us to be quick to listen for His voice and slow to react in anger. These actions run opposite to our human nature, and so they can be difficult to do on our own. But if we allow God to work in us, we can learn how to be slow to anger in any circumstance. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 1. As he continues his message, Faith and endurance. What happened when Satan finished tempting Jesus? He wasn't successful. What does it say? Look what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, Jesus Christ, until an opportune time. He didn't stop with temptation. He kept on unto the cross. And Jesus was victorious when he rose. Jesus did it all. Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. So trust in the Lord. You know, if we sin, I love 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It said, we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, here it is, he is maybe going to forgive you. No, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us for all unrighteousness. And so we see death, but, you know, we see in verse 12, if we endure temptation, this is in contrast to verse 12, if we endure temptation, there's a crown of life. However, in verse 15, if we give in to temptation, it brings death. There's no between ground. There's no between ground. We either are tempted and we, we complete it, or we fight the temptation with Christ, through Christ, through the word, and we overcome it. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Don't be deceived. God is not one to tempt. Don't be deceived. Don't believe that. Don't be deceived that God is trying to trap you and cause you to fall. Because that's what people tend to do. I hear it all the time, and I probably said it when I was years back, but I'm just assuming I did because that's usually what everybody said. We blame God for everything. He said, don't be deceived, because every good gift and every perfect comes from above. It's not the temptation. It's, it, it's not any, it, but it, it's just the goodness of God. 
in our trials and in our temptation, don't be deceived and believe the lies because God is good. And we even know the saying in Christian knees, right? We know the cliches, right? And I want you to finish this saying, right? God is good all the time. And all the time, so you know it. We know it. We say it. We believe it. All things that happen to us good is from God. And the good thing about it, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 tells us. Malachi 3, 6, God does not change. The same God was with Adam and Eve. The same God is with us now. And the same God will be in the very end. He doesn't change. So his mercy, his love, his grace is there for you. And if we need him, he is there. Verse 17, every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is light, and we don't understand this. We can only uh, you know, discern what is light by the artificial light we, live, we have right now, right? But God is light. Let's look at verse John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. I mean, we could try to light something. There's always going to be a shadow. There's shadows on the walls, little things, only partially. You can see little lights. But God, there's no shadow. God is light. God created light. Can you imagine God created the sun? How much bright you think God is? He said, let there be light. I love the Hebrew. In Hebrew, it says light be. And it said let there. It's like asking someone, can you put on the light? No, in the Hebrew, it really says it. Light be, and it was. That's it. Light, and it was. God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And though these things, the lights, they change, the motion in the galaxies, we see they move, there's movement, there changes, and the sun and the moon is not always consistent. The sun, it comes and goes, right? But God never, is the light, he never goes. He's always there. There's no variation or shadow in turning him. The moon has no light, just a ball of dirt, right? Has no light. It's a reflection of the sun. And it's always dark on one side. There's always light with the Lord. And we see the stars. We only see them at night. But when we get to heaven, we're going to see that there's not going to be anything that's going to illuminate in the new heaven and the new earth. Revelation chapter 21, verses 23 to 24, it talks about the new heaven and the new earth. There's no sun and no moon. Can you imagine? It says, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. And the Lamb, as Jesus Christ, is its light. And the nation of those who are saved shall walk in its light. That's why when Jesus was there and during his earthly ministry, he said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And he's talking about spiritually. Darkness. Every good gift comes from above. So all the temptations that we go through, look to Jesus. All the good and perfect gift comes from him. The help that we need to endure to overcome temptation so that we might be happy. Let's look at verse 18. Of his own will, speaking of the Lord, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creature. First fruit being a, a, a priority. We came to Christ 
And we've now been born again. That's what it's saying here. God's perfect will gave birth. We gave birth by the word, by his word. And so James is speaking of those who surrender their lives to Christ, those that have been born again. Now be careful with that word born again. That little term's been used and misused throughout the decades. But every believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus said in John chapter, in John chapter 3, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pope didn't say this. Billy Graham didn't say this. Nobody said it. Jesus said it. It's in red lettering. Read it in John chapter 3. So you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven because your flesh cannot go there. Your flesh, where does it stay in the ground? He's talking about the soul. We all have a soul. That's eternal. Your flesh is temporary. Now, verse 12 to 18, enduring to temptation. And now we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. And these are the things, the qualities that we need to help us endure. It's telling us to be careful in this area because this is very common when we go through trials and tribulation. Let's look at verse 19. It says, so then, my brethren, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We're to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, let's look at the, the, the hearing, and what is he, who he's talking about we are to listen to. Well, you know, our world is cluttered with all kinds of sound and, and information, internet, social media, and all that, uh, Googling things. But, you know, we need to be swift to hear to who? The Lord. We need to hear from God. In the midst of our trial tribulation, that's the only one I want to hear. That's the only one I want to listen to. Listen to God. We need to be swift to hear him, swift to hear him quickly. Go to the Lord. This is exactly what, what James mentioned back in chapter in verse 5 of chapter 1. We looked at this in our last study. In, in, in verse 5 of chapter 1, he said, If any of you lack wisdom in your trials and tribulation, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to you. So when we go through trials and tribulation, we need to be swift to hear what God has to say in the matter. You go through trials, Lord... Let me listen to you. Let me read the word. Let me just get lost in the gospel. Temptation, Lord, I want to be quick to hear you, not the world, not my friends. Because God doesn't tempt. God is good. Every good gift comes from God. He's the father of light. And this is a very good reason. I don't think about this. It's a very good reason why we have two ears and one mouth. Right? And I say, well, I'm going to give you two years. I want you to appreciate surround sound stereo system no you know no we need to listen more than we are to speak so we need to stop talking stop complaining stop whining stop being cynical but listen listen to what God has to say while you're going through your trials and temptation so we'd be, be swift to hear and slow to speak slow to speak we always got something to say don't we you know I'm I've been teaching and preaching. Sometimes I need to learn how to be quiet. <laughs> you know, somebody asks me a question, I give them the answer and then some. And then I call them in the middle of that. Oh, by the way, part two. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> Actually, I turn off my phone when I go to bed. <laughs> uh, too many calls wake me up. Anyhow, slow to speak. You know, there are things that we said. I know you've probably been through this. Most of all of us have been through We said things we regret saying. Because we don't let ourselves to be cooled down. Be quick to hear. Lord, what do you have to say? We want to respond. We, want, we got something to say. 
Slow it down. Listen before you speak. Get to learn the mess. Understand the, the, the trials you're going through. Understand why you're dealing with this and how you need to seek the Lord. So then, verse 19, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, we may be well-disciplined in listening and slow to speak, swift to hear, slow to speak, but... Many of some, sometimes we, we let our anger get to us, slow to wrath. The word wrath here in the Greek is orge. It means anger, natural disposition, temper, you know, things that, you know, gets us angry. And, and notice that James did not say, do not have wrath, do not be angry. Fact is, the scriptures allow us to be angry. We can be angry. The foolish thing that I've seen, I, I went to a funeral and this woman minister said that you could be angry at God. I'm like, you a minister? What are you being angry at God for? When God is always good, when God is always looking out for you, when God is the, he came and left his throne on the glory to die on the cross for you. What are you being angry at God for? You're blaming God for sin? You're blaming God for your trials and tribulations of the enemies that come around you? You're blaming God for that? We have to be angry. Definitely, there's nowhere it says in the Bible to be angry with God. Anything, I think it's a fearful thing for us to have that attitude towards God. You don't know your Bible. That's the bottom line. You don't know who God is. That's why you get, need to get to know him. But the Bible allows for us to be angry. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, 27, he said, be angry and do not sin. That's the key. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath and your anger, nor give place to the devil. That's exactly what happened. It doesn't produce righteousness. Man, anger, the wrath of man, never produces righteousness because we allow the flesh to take control. We allow to act out on our anger or act in in our anger, and we forget to be swift to hear, slow to speak, do not be quick to anger. Slow to wrath. Not avoid wrath. Slow to wrath. Because if what you have done, when you get angry, you respond to your anger. You went ahead of God, without God. And again, you're not, being, you're not listening to the Lord. And there's nothing righteousness in a man. Some people think that because they get angry, they're going to get more results done. No, it doesn't. You've been in the flesh. That's the bottom line. And then those around you are offended. And they may be wrong, but you misrepresented yourself. You misrepresented God, especially if you're a Christian. Perfect example. Perfect example. That's why we studied the, you know, Genesis, the Old Testament. People think, you know, we studied it all together. Perfect example, Moses, the great grand poobah, right? <laughs> Moses misrepresented God. When the children of Israel were, des were, were thirsty in the desert, they were bickering, murmuring, complaining. Oh, we should have been left in Egypt. You brought us out to the wilderness to die. The Lord told Moses, okay, Moses, they're thirsty. See the rock? Just speak to the rock. Just speak to it. That's it. Just speak to it. Moses was angry. The bickering, 
the complaining, the murmuring got to him. And instead of speaking to the rock, what did he do? He struck the rock. You know the story. And then the Lord said to Moses, come here, Mo. You see the promised land? You see it from out there? Well, it's great. You're not going. <laughs> because you misrepresented me, you're not going to the promised land. You're not going to lead the children. I was not angry. You were angry. I was not angry. And, and, you know, it just shows you that his anger got to him. He should have went to the Lord. It's not easy, uh, you, know, you know, leading two and a half million people out of Egypt. <laughs> people forget how, good, how, how blessed they are to be out of slavery. And he let it get to him when he misrepresented Christ. He misrepresented the Lord. He spoke out of his anger. He let his angry, anger get the best of him. Water did come out, but he did not make it to the promised land. In other words, he did not lead the children. He's still in the presence of the Lord, but he did not lead the children to the promised land. Joshua was able to do that. And so it's important as believers in Christ, be careful. You know, you may forfeit something that God has for you. You misrepresent God. If you can't control your anger, what makes you think God's going to trust you with anything? I've learned, and like I said, you know, we had this study actually Wednesday, you know, when it deals with anger, you know, as, as uh, Jacob was about to die and he blessed his son, the 12 tribes of Israel and all of them, Levi and Simeon, they were the ones that killed Shechem and everyone in the village because of their anger. And their anger kind of really forfeit their calling later on in the kingdom, in, in, as far as the children of Israel and the nation of Israel. Don't let anger get the best of you because it doesn't produce righteousness. You know, people say, oh, well, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And you keep doing that. You won't have any mind left if you keep going that way. But we need to hold our tongue and understand, you know, I always like to get people to benefit it out. Somebody, it does, you know, I've learned this. It took me years, trust me. <laughs> you know, it's not something I learned overnight. When people wrong you, I let God, you know, I don't, I don't justify myself. I don't. Especially in the position I am. All kinds of things say, I leave it alone. I leave it alone. But people eventually will see the fruit. They get to see, you know what? They talk about you, but you're not like that. You're not like that. All I hear, you're not like that. And that's what happens. I let God. I let God. I can't please everybody all the time. But, you know, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Be swift to hear what God has to say. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. And that saved me so much trouble, trust me. Because let me tell you, I was one that, hey, I'll go through a crash into the wall and said I should have stopped. Should have, could have, would have. But I've learned, and God has put placed a lot of stop signs in my life. And I, by, by his grace, and it helped me. It helped me with relationship. It helped me with the ministry. It helps me with so much. Paul wrote to Romans, and we close with this. Romans chapter 12, verse 17, 21, because we have a tendency to respond when people offend us. It says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, and I hear this, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, not whose fault, their fault, as much as depends on you, 
live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place, uh, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will reap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Later on, when we get to chapter 4, James will tell us about the fruit of righteousness. In James chapter 3, verse 18, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Trust in the Lord. Temptations, we're all going to go through them, every single one of us, until we die. We're all going to go through trials, but you know what? It is faith in Christ and following Christ that will help us. We shouldn't respond the way the world does. We shouldn't respond in the flesh. That's what the flesh wants you to do. Seek revenge. Give them a piece of your mind. <laughs> Get angry and sin. But you know, we're of the spirit. We represent Christ. We need to be Christ-like. The thing is that no matter what we've been through, Christ already has been there. That's a come Jesus came here to identify with man. He's called the son of man because he's 100% man, 100% God. He understands. We can't say, Jesus, you don't know. Oh, yes, he does. I think we need to read the four Gospels before we say, talk to Jesus. Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with chapter 1 of the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> you know, Jesus was re rejected. He was without sin. They, they killed and they persecuted him. For what? Jesus knows exactly. Jesus knows exactly what it is to be tempted. Don't say, Lord, you don't know how strong this temptation is. Yes, I do. And no matter how strong it is, don't give in to it. But here's the most amazing thing about God. I will never leave you, he says, nor forsake you. I will be with you always. God is there to strengthen you. The writer of Hebrews says he, we need to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, He's the author. When we first gave our lives to him, he's the finisher. He will be with there to the finish line. That, that way we can say, happy I am. Because through Christ, I'm able to endure temptation. And now I will receive the crown of life. It's not easy. Jesus in the Bible never said it was going to be easy. But the Bible says, and when we see it, we put all the scripture together, it's going to be well worth it. And you're not alone. God understands. Amen. The Word of God is a breath of fresh air, a crutch to lean on when you're too weak to stand, and much, much more. Here on Running the Race, you'll hear teaching after teaching by Pastor Eddie that inspires and challenges your walk with Jesus. If you haven't heard that much about Jesus, make sure to contact us at Calvary Chapel of Milford via runningtheraceradio.com and we'll explain the message of salvation to you. Come be a part of the family of God and experience all that He has for you. I promise it will be beyond your wildest dreams. That website you want to go to now is runningtheraceradio.com. Just in case you missed it, that was runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. 
We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Running the Race is a radio ministry coming to you straight from Calvary Chapel of Milford, where we desire to be changed to look like Christ through the power of His Holy Spirit. To learn more about us, go to our homepage, runningtheraceradio.com. We're grateful you spend part of your day with us and pray you've been blessed by this broadcast of Running the Race.